What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back to the A's for Alcoholic podcast. Uh, We are here. We were talking about uh, clothes. We were talking about shirts. We were talking about running. Um, And it reminded me of one of our sponsors, the Green Camel Press. Uh, Jerry's got his Green Camel Press t-shirt. You should go over and check us out at greencamelpress.com. We were working on some fun art stuff today, doing some different video work and um, digital doodles. We got a new digital doodle out and uh, for Christmas, go get a t-shirt. Jerry said, you were saying that you don't like to get salsa on your nice shirt. It's my salsa shirt. It's my, that's my eating shirt. <laughs> so you, no, you laughed because you said, I said, I take my shirt off to eat like spaghetti or salsa so I don't get food on it because I dribble. And you're like, why don't you just eat closer to the bowl? And I'm like, nah, man, like fortune favors the bold. <laughs> I because I know a guy who like he'll wear a white shirt and then he'll put like a he'll just stuff a napkin into his shirt, which is smart. Mm-hmm. It's what you're supposed to do, like a big bib, right? Like like in the mafia movies, you know, or like Tony right. Soprano with a whole fucking napkin. But for some reason, I just can't bring myself to do it. Like I at work, you I'll take put your an shirt off. On. Oh no, okay. No, you're... I have an apron. I tattoo it, and I'll wear the tattoo apron to eat <laughs> if it's a nice shirt, or I'll just tattoo in the apron all day too. But like I just can't stick a napkin down my. I just never could do it. Like. <clears throat> Like I you just, can't, I don't you don't, you don't like it or you don't. I'm like the way it feels. I yeah. feel, I feel like I look silly. Like I personally look silly. Like it's actually funny because this dude I work with that does it. I'm like, that works for you, dude. It totally works for you. Like, seems like you're the type of guy, like someone pisses you off. You like rip the napkin out of your shirt and whoop their ass. <laughs> right. You know? Like, yeah, I would like tear the napkin and it gets stuck in the shirt or I just look like a big baby, like a giant fucking baby, man. So that's what you it. think about being tough with it. Like you're, you're enjoying your meal. You know, because like the yeah. mafia guys, these are these are these are men of passion. These are men of the senses. These are people who get fired up and they get, you know, they love their right. food and their wine right. and their women and their and their their money. And so, like, you got to get ready to whip that napkin off next time you go and beat somebody's ass. I guess. Or I'm just like, I'm just I'm a messy eater. Right, like, I'm just too. hunched over like like Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker, but I'm hunched over a bowl of like cream of wheat, just mm-hmm. fucking mashing it up. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Every sinew in my back, you can see while I'm just eating some spaghetti. Um, I in the uh, bathtub <laughs> in the bathtub gummo style. Um, you remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. Dude. Um, so I think today today is the letter C, and I I was thinking. Yeah. Um, well, originally first I wanted to say if you, have you had Caracara oranges yet? Yes. Speaking I of have, C, they're, good. they're really good. Like I grabbed a yeah. couple the other day because I hadn't seen them and they were out. I guess they're in the season. Cara Naval oranges. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're a little more expensive in my Safeway, but I like. Yeah. them. Yeah. Well, the, my yeah. fruit stand had them, and then I got some honey tangerines. But the Cara Cara oranges are fruit stand <laughs> are really Fucking good. Urbanite Sonoma Urbanite <laughs> so, fruit stand. Yeah. I go to the fruit stand. I go to well, I call it Tony's because Tony's is right. Tony's this bro. Tony's like, yo, man, what's up? He'll always like hook me up with some grapes. Like he'll put. Oh, the, he's a cool. Fruit he's stand a he's guy. a cool fruit stand guy. And Tony, he's not like a hey, Johnny, I got the uh, got the pomegranates no. in for you. You're like the pomodoro oranges. No, the tomatoes. He, he'll be like, yo, man, what's up? I saw you running the other day, man. I need to I need to get out there. I'm like, you can, Tony. And he's usually smoking cigarettes behind the fucking fruit stands. <laughs> he's got the big puffy high tops on and his fucking yeah. shorts and his. And, he, and, uh, and so, but a lot of times he'll like put the grapes on the, on the scale and then he'll pick up a hunk of grapes out of his hand and then weigh it and then put them back in for me. Ah, uh, Tony's So cool, he man. always hooks me up. He used to like slip chocolate bars and shit into my bag. He'd be like, here, man, have one of these. And I was like, I can't, I can't take them anymore, Tony. I appreciate it, but I'm off the chocolate bars. I'm off. I got that <laughs> diabetes. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Pretty close. Well, I don't know how close it was, but it was pretty goddamn Fuck, close. Yeah. Speaking of which, I gotta go get a blood test on. Oh, did you go to the doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Everything I'm okay? Probably gonna go get. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I gotta do it. Take my blood test. Okay. I was gonna do it tomorrow, but I have to fast for eight hours. Oh, okay. I'm gonna yeah. prep. I'll do it tomorrow night, Thursday night. I won't eat before I go to bed and I wake up, drop the ladies off, and then go have them prick me. Take my blood. They said my bilirubin levels were too high, but that was back in like 2017, 18, when I was like overweight, like way more overweight. What about your Paul Rubin levels? My Paul Rubin <laughs> levels are just fine, dude. Um, well, that's good. Everything's fine. I mean, you'll see the blood. Paul I'm Rubin. sure <laughs> if you're running that's and eating right, you'll be fine. Well, he was right, great in that movie just... Blow. He's been good in everything so far. I even liked him as Pee Wee Herman. I watched the new Pee Wee. <clears throat> Movie. I didn't watch it. I guess it. it's not new. It's been out for a couple years. He's hanging out with Joe, Joe Montega or whatever the guy who played the werewolf on True Blood. Big, oh. handsome, strong, strapping dude. He's like, the whole plot of the movie is Peter Herman was invited to his birthday party, <laughs> and so he goes and hangs out at his birthday party. I loved it, and then I tried to make oh. Olive watch it, but Olive was like seven, and she's like, I don't give a fuck about this, and I was like, Yeah, you wouldn't, would you? Yeah. All right, fine. Do you present to my nine year, my eight year old? Mm-hmm. Do you ever find it, um, like? I don't know what it's like to have a kid, but you know, now that she's It's weird. <laughs> yeah, now that she's Super at this weird. at this age where she's starting to like develop culture of her own and things like that. Do you ever do you find it that that happens often where you're you say, "Hey, you really got to check this out." And then she's like, "I don't like this." Or All the time. I don't care. All the time. Is there anything that you've turned her on to or that she's excited she about? She fucking likes the Ramones a lot. Okay. I've turned her on. She likes music. This kid's really musical. She's actually been playing those drums I got her for Christmas. She's really good at them. But yeah, like movies and stuff. Well, I told you about the time we had her watch E.T. and she said E.T. looked like poop. She's like, I'm not feeling <laughs> yes. this. E.T. looks like poop, Dad. It looks like wet poop. Gross. I watched E.T. I cried. I cried when we watched it this last time a couple years ago. But uh, yeah, there's some things she just doesn't yeah. like. I sure like old episodes of The Muppet Show and she's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, it's so so nostalgic for me, but for her, it's so dated and weird, you know? It's out of out of time, out of the right. time of she's the universe. Like, she watches people make slime all day on YouTube. Yeah. That's like her shit. I don't... She makes tons of slime. If anybody out there in the A is for Alcoholic listenership wants a bag of slime, I got about 50. <laughs> so hit me up she just makes them and then puts them in a bag and then stores them and i'm like you'll play these later and she's like nah no i just like to make them i just like to make it hmu uh for the slime hmu for this i got the slime i'll be your slime uh plug mm. replace that booze <clears throat> with slime replace yeah there you go <laughs> so that's our motto replace that booze with slime um yeah. what so i wanted to when a lot of these shows either i have mm-hmm you know, things that we've already come up with. I'll have a list right. of things for the future. Sometimes I don't have something and I'm driving around. And this was, this is one of those days where it was a, it was an Instagram post and it was something you wrote in this Instagram post on a tattoo that yeah, I was, I was yeah. just, and maybe I was driving around and thinking about it a lot more when I proposed it to you and you were like, mm-hmm. I don't really know how we're going to, you know, like, it was really specific, but I right. think you should roll with it anyway. Because if you can get that ball rolling, I think we could <laughs> right. so, figure it out, you know. So the the Instagram post was a, a picture of a tattoo you did on a guy you know. Is it somebody you work with? I work with, with one so, of my colleagues. Okay, yeah. so, and this is on the dude's face, which yeah. you even you, somebody who's been in this business for a long time, that's, and it's not so extreme anymore, I mean, as far as it being popular, but... It's right. still like it's still that's a line that you cross yeah. and you you are on it's a pretty hard line. You're either on the side yeah. of of people who have face tattoos or you're on the side of people who don't, right? Right. So right. I mean, I think when we were in our 20s like neck tattoos were even still kind of like, "Whoa, dude." Like I remember when you got yeah. that one, not the one that you have now, but there was but the other, other one. one yeah. And I was like, "Oh, damn. Like that's creeping up there. Like that's commitment and so a little wild there <laughs> right so yeah. so you tattooed this guy at the side of his face like yeah. um and you said something about like you were really you really were happy about it and you were excited to do it and you said something about it being less about commodity and more about ritual and i was right. wondering i mean i don't know what his the the reason behind his tattoo was? He's a really religious. Well, he's not religious. He's a real spiritual guy, and he he uh, subscribes a lot to a lot of the Eastern philosophies. But he does kind of similar to what we do with AA, in that he kind of 
it picks and chooses aspects of it that work for him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this is actually a symbol of Shiva. It's like a trident of Shiva. And then that center symbol on it is a, um, what they call an Enso. It's this this Buddhist symbol where it's a circle that you pull, like you pull this circle with a um, horsehair brush, like a calligraphy Mm -hmm. brush, right? Mm -hmm. So doing that circle is this moment of meditation. It's like doing meditation through calligraphy. And so he mixed them both kind of together, I guess. But uh, what I had written was, um, you know, in these moments, uh, it's these moments that I get nearer to the act of tattooing as a pure act of expression and ritual. I'm farther from tattooing as a commodity and a product of commerce. Okay. So, you know, so um, my, the, when I read that and then I was driving around and I just love this idea of commodity versus ritual and, um, or at least how something like tattooing or uh, basically anything. Right. So, so you, you take this guy, you, you're doing this tattoo and like, this is something that's not only, not only intimate to him and personal to him, but it's also something that he's proclaiming very loudly, (laughs) you know, on the side of his face. Like this is something, you know, Mm -hmm. this is real commitment. And so I just, it just kind of struck me that it's, we also, (laughs) that was a coaster. Uh, C is for coaster. Um, yeah, no shit. <laughs> so it's also something that I see a lot in our sobriety community, more so online, because the people that I know in person, it's not so much that sobriety is a commodity. Um, right. But online, and it more in specific, on the social media platforms, you can pick one. Uh, sobriety is often commoditized. Right. Commodified? Commodified as as a product and for sale. Right. Um, I can see. uh, Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, you could even say that with this though, what we're doing to an extent, we're not necessarily selling it, but with the Patreon and the, the genesis of this was from a book, you know, that we were going to try and sell together. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I mean, I guess it depends on what your intention is behind it. You know, whether it is to, I don't know, it's, it's, it's slippery, right? Because, Everything is commodified these days. Every single thing you look at can be sold. I mean, the biggest, our biggest, um, I don't know if it's our biggest commodity or biggest like economy, but the biggest part, I know one of the biggest parts of our commodity com- economy is is all of our uh, influence and likes on, on social media. Like attention. Our, our data, like the things mm-hmm. that we pay attention to, the things that we like, you know, advertisers, people who are selling things, they would need to know that shit so they can sell it to us. So even what we look at, has a price tag on it, you know. So right. why would it sobriety or recovery? Sure, and I, I'll take I'll take us as an example, and to be as absolutely open and upfront about it, one right. of the first things that I did was started the Patreon page, and you know yeah. you already heard of, there was a promo at the beginning of the show that talked about it, and um, that's that was something that ultimately wouldn't I love to be able to put as much time, effort and energy into this. You know, there's a difference between revenue and income. <laughs> and right. so it's not Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not always just because there's a number that you see that somebody supposedly gets or has is not yeah. always it's not like that's what that what you what you take home, right? You know, when you when you charge somebody difference between gross and net. Exactly. So but I mean, part of it was, wouldn't it be great if I was able to, you know, if we could do this thing and do it full time? Like if this was my full time job to sit here and talk with you and and explore these ideas and do more um, sobriety related recovery related stuff, I would love to. How does one do that? Well, one has to commodify in some way, shape, or right. form. But I also, I guess, I think what we're looking at, or what I assume you're getting mm-hmm. at, is our opinions on the disingenuous nature of some of these things. Yes. But then where do I sit where I go, are we less disingenuous? I mean, I, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm being very genuine. I feel like my intention has always been to like help people and just talk to you. And I'm like, well, if someone listens to us talk, that's great. They right. don't have to give me any money. Like, there's right. no, there's no presumptive there thing there where I'm like, conditionally you need to give me money to hear the fucking pearls of wisdom that are dropping out of my mouth you know what i'm saying but then i see that shit on like instagram and like you had sent me a link to that one lady on a meme page and you're like who is this and i'm like i don't know and yeah i read her thing and she was like 
has her own philosophy on on addiction and and sobriety and recovery and stuff and I mean, if that's what works for her, that's what works for her. But then she's trying to sell it, too. Like, hey, if you give me some money, I'll teach you how to not be a fucking drunk. fall down drunk anymore. You know, like. And I also. And then again, where is it? Where, where you know. Mm, I don't know. 12 step has to take care of itself. Right. So there's some mild commodification of it. I mean, there is the 11th tradition that says, like, there's no press or radio or anything about it. But I mean, there's still. They give away the literature, but they also sell the literature too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's not even about the the dues that you. They're not even a due. It's not the donation you throw in. That's helpful. That's helpful for the actual group itself because each group works on its own. But, you know, there is a big office that sells things and mm-hmm. and through donations probably stays open as well. I imagine. But I mean, so we live in a fucking society where you need money to make things work. I get that. Sucks. I get that, and I I just. And I try to do, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> we live in a society that needs money and it right. sucks. Yeah. And here I am. I sound like a boomer. Mm-hmm. I sound like an old man. I feel like an old man when I say that shit because the idealistic part of me is like, I don't want that. What can I do to make that not happen? But, mm-hmm. you know. So I just, but I just love this idea that you were doing something, something that you, that you do for a living that oftentimes yeah. can be very, um, humdrum to say the least <laughs> right and that i got that too much that soul of an artist man <laughs> you do it's it's a hard... let me fly le- hey hey let me fly spread your wings jerry i'm telling spread you my wings, you'll have dude. that nine minute mile in no time by this summer bam dude i hope so um but i just love the idea of it as a ritual and so um i think that that being able to do that in that moment is really important and and it helps to kind of I imagine I wasn't there, but I imagine I'm not right. you. That you, there's a certain level of pride and and fulfillment that you get in those moments. It was definitely a hit of dopamine. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel good. It made me, especially mm-hmm. this guy who who I work with, who he gets tattooed by some of the big names in my industry. You know, it's, he gets tattooed by some very talented people, and he seeks them out. He'll go to Europe to get tattooed mm-hmm. by someone. You know, and then he's like, well, I'm going to India. I want to get in the, the Ganges River, but I want I want this tattoo first, and I want it healed up because I don't want to get in that nasty water and die, you know, from having this open tattoo. Will you do it for me? Do you have time? And I'm like, yeah, it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing, but it was also a thing that he had been thinking about for months, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't – I mean, I could have just been the only dude who had time, but it didn't matter. I mean, it, it – and even while we were tattooing, it wasn't like this ritualistic thing where we're burning incense and – touching right. the chakras and shit and i mean we're like fucking around and dicking around and laughing and stuff but that to me that's the ritual of that art form you know it's like there's a lot of um casualness to it you know that i've always really liked a lot mm-hmm. sure i don't know rituals a funny thing man. I, I just i guess not that not that something can't be com- commodified um right. or that and i also i'm a firm believer that certain things like investing money in things in time in programs in things that are going to better you things like school or anything Mm -hmm. like that like making that investment is really important because if somebody just said like if it was a class or something like that and like yeah you don't have to pay for this you're you're less inclined to to try now i don't know that getting sober and recovery needs to be put in the same vein and that i i honestly think that there's the bitch of mm -hmm, it right yeah keep going though sorry so i just i don't know that it needs to be in the same vein and i'm certainly not trying to sell any program um but i feel like there's a certain level of investment you go like i'm invested so i'm gonna be committed and right. I didn't come up that way. Like in the last, you know, my recovery was not like that. There was no, nobody asked. And when you're all fucked up and you're drunk and you're, you know, trying to figure it out, the last thing you want, and a lot of it comes from not trusting people. So mm-hmm. if somebody says, hey, give me money, I'm not going to trust them. You know what I mean? No, not at all. Not at all. If 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 dues were necessary in this 12, in, the, in AA, in the 12 step program we're in, if dues were necessary, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. Because I would have thought it was a scam. I still sometimes think it's a scam, <laughs> dude. Like, I'm like, what do you want? Why are you being so nice to me? Right. Are you genuinely happy to see me or is there something you want from me? Mm-hmm. Like, almost every time. I fucking have a hard time hugging in those rooms. Like, people want to give me a big old hug and I have to shake their hand still because I'm just guarded. I'm like, what do you, I don't know what you want from me. 
Yeah. Right. Um, I think paying for it though is like a really slippery slope because like I see a lot of people come in and out of these rehab programs and like even the higher end ones I feel like are really disingenuous in my opinion because they're like, yeah, give us $12,000 and we'll cure you of the physical addiction to alcohol and for you to deal with the emotional and you know, the emotional attachment or the psychological, well, you can go to meetings. Those are free. We don't got to pay for those. We're making money hand over fist. You know what I mean? Like it just, I don't know, man. It's just stinky. It's <laughs> it is stinky. a little stinky, right? Stinky. But if you get sober through a high-end rehab and you stay sober and you figure out that life can be lived that way, well, then fuck yeah, something positive came from it. But for me, on the lower end of the fucking income bracket, a poor guy, like I'm like, I don't trust it. Boy, I don't need a monogram robe. That's not going to help me when I'm fucking sweating and shaking it out or yeah. when I'm back at the house with a monogram robe going, fuck, I want to drink. This right. shit sucks. I'd rather just be fucking drunk. Fuck it. What am I getting sober for? This is stupid. Yeah. And and I don't, I have no, well, I can't say that. For, I was going to say I have no judgment toward people who want to wear, you know, a t-shirt that says sober AF or anything like that. And I think, right. I think there's a small part of me that, um, well, I guess it's a resentment, right? Okay. So I see this and I'm like, what let's a, chop it up. You know, like, oh, so, so here I, here's this person who's proud and excited and wearing it all over there. And so in some way, I feel like I'm better than them because I don't wear a sober AF t shirt or that I don't need right. that or that seems stupid to me. Like, well, that's but, just I mean, that's me. Just personal. Yeah. yeah. That's just personal expression. I mean, I kind of like the ones that say retired blackout artist. I think that's funny <laughs> as fuck. I don't know if I'd wear it, but I'd, mm-hmm. I think it's funny. I'd probably wear it. I'm wearing a shirt that looks like it says Baroni right now. So, you know, like. <laughs> so I, I think that that's just my own deal to deal with, right? I don't need to. Right. I, I carry I carry a fucking coin in my pocket that lets me know. So why right. why why not taking it one step further? And uh, again, I was. I am a part of a group that uh, holds anonymity very highly, and so right. that's a that's like we a don't advertise right, and so that's kind of a slippery slope too. Like, hey, right. well, you know, uh, I'm anonymous, but I see people out in public, or I want to talk about it because I know that the things I have to say might be able to help somebody. You know, even getting to this commodifying thing, thinking about the eleventh tradition, which I think we've talked about before, but. I honestly think the program, that aspect of it, it doesn't stick as much as it used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does, but it, it, I don't know if it's as relevant now in some senses. Because we're going to talk about it on podcasts. People are going to talk about it on podcasts. They're going to talk about it to their friends. They're going to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It's going to be portrayed in the media regardless of what There's... The, the general policy of, of, of AA is. But I don't know. Like... Once you start fucking with the literature, though, and trying to change it, man, people get pissed off. You know, they don't like, but but everybody has their own way of approaching it. Like, that's why I don't really fuck around these meme pages too much on the Instagram. I kind of get annoyed and stop following them because they're so rigid. They're right. so rigid. And I'm like, you're just, it sounds like you're being just as bad as when you were fucking drunk. But now you're sober with all these rules. <laughs> and you're, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And if that if that works for you, that's great. But don't don't put that fucking evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Right? Don't put that evil on me, dude. <laughs> and if we're going to be if we're going to be honest about it, some of that shit's a little sexist, you know what I mean? Like it's, Yeah. And we we were talking about this the other day and then uh, you were like what about this? And then I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know what? Sometimes the literature yeah. is a little sexist. It's outdated. And I know this is some hard mm-hmm. shit. Like, I don't even know we should be banging on this shit in this podcast to get some email from someone who's just like, fuck you guys for talking about, or whatever, you know. Right. But I, whatever. Ideas change. People change. The whole program is designed for us to take these suggestions and work with them the way we can. Right. You know. And some people, absolutely, 100%, it works for them to work within this rigid, really fucking inflexible way of doing it because that's how they do things and more power to them i'm happy for them i got no beef with them no i just don't agree with it and like i said you don't put that on me i won't put my shit on you i won't put my go to a meeting once every 10 days no sponsor have an ass (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Everybody's like, well, that guy's on the edge of a relapse. And I'm like, maybe. I don't know. I'm just doing me. It's one day at a time, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm doing me one day at a time. And right now, as I sit, I feel great. So Living on the edge. You can't. Right. Living on the edge. That's me. I'm like Steven Tyler's daughter (laughs) bungee jumping on that video. That wasn't Steven Tyler's daughter, but... I can't uh, remember who that was. I don't know who was Alicia Silverstone. Silverstone. Yeah, but she bungee jumps yeah. off the. Yeah. That's me bungee no. jumping off the freeway overpass, flipping the bird, being like, "I'm not doing your program the way you do it." So, but I'm also saying the listeners out there don't do it the way I do it, and which is kind of weird on a podcast where we talk about recovery. But I think do I it know. the way that you do it, and it, and here's do it the way you do it. Yeah, and here's if the. If you have any questions, ask someone around you. It looks like they know what's going on. That's it. That's it. They right? might lie. They might not lie. They might not. And I'm chan- well, I don't know. But that's that's mm. the whole that's the whole thing. The whole thing that got me to where I'm at is mm. oh, this person seems to know what they're talking about. I'll go talk right. to them. Right. When I'm ready. They never came up to me. And in fact, I was I saw the one of the first guys who ever and I still haven't said anything to him. I saw him in the grocery store last night and I should have said something, but um and he you didn't like even give the fight club nod I oh we did yeah club. we got i saw i got i, I did gave, the fight club nod <laughs> i gave two of those in the same safeway last project night. mayhem mm-hmm. project mayhem's going as planned sir mm-hmm. and um <laughs> he he was one of the first dudes who came up to me and gave me his business card and i was immediately like who the fuck do you think you are i don't need your help i didn't say this out right. loud but that was what i thought and really? so are so opposite you and i yeah so i was like what, what what did you are you wanted to help or you they all no i didn't want the help but they all hit me up man i feel like the prettiest girl to dance mm. dude like my newcomer like my first few weeks first few months new coming mm-hmm. first 30 days i felt like a pig in a silk dress man like everybody came up gave me their card exchanged numbers with me and mm-hmm. i was so flattered i was like everybody wants to help me i'm the prettiest girl here i didn't call anybody but right. you know like i've just but i've never been a reaching out type I never have. I've never, which is, they say you ask for help. And I only reached out when I really needed fucking help. Other than that, I was like, I'll forge my own path, which led to a lot of pain in the beginning. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I still, I feel like I still need to make an amends to this guy. Like, even though the uh, whole thing really? is in my head, like, cause for a long time, I would always see Maybe him come in and make an amends to yourself for being so hard on yourself. That's true. That's true. I mean, you I go kiss, go kiss a full length mirror later. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. And then call that guy. I love you. You got his number. You got his card. Yeah. You right. Send him yeah. a text, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shoot him a text. Send, call him. send a text, dude. It's 2020. We're all millennials, right? Should I send him my TikTok or, uh, yeah. Send him a TikTok. Are you being like doing the little dance, the mm-hmm. hand dance saying you're sorry. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. I just want to be, I want to be the best person I can be. And I know that sobriety and recovery is a part of that because I can't do it. Cause right. I can't, I just can't involve alcohol anymore. And, um, it doesn't have to all be about recovery and sobriety, but like, that's the bottom line. That's where it starts. And it has to be genuine. It has to be honest. It has to be from some real place and so I guess I just get a little bothered when people are like, oh, buy this or buy that or whatever. Oh, no, I don't like it either. But I, some of it I like, some of it I don't like. I think the art aspect of it always appeals to me because I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody knows that. but And uh, so whenever I see the T-shirts or like something like that, I'm like, that's pretty creative. I don't know the idea behind it. And I try to read the website or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's so much information out there in the world that I get really overwhelmed with it. I'm more along the lines of the quick cash grab that's like, buy my book. I'm a young person who can teach you how to be sober. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that, but, you know, but I, if it helps, it helps. But if know? it helps, it helps. I know that I was, I heard this one guy talking about, and he was talking about his t shirt, and he was talking about how, and I remember exactly what it was, what the, if it was a sober AF t shirt or something like that, but it was something about, that and he was like talking about how good it made him feel to wear it and how yeah. how proud he was that he had accomplished yeah, this and like mm-hmm. so I would never want to take that away from anybody because right. of my petty narrow minded fucking view of things of you know whatever sort of s- wannabe superiority I think that I have because I don't want to wear a t-shirt I don't want to shatter from the rooftops that right. I don't get fucked up no, no more. No, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hey, I'm gonna put a I'm podcast still kind out. of a piece of shit, but I'm not a drunk piece of shit. Yeah, we do put a podcast out. <laughs> that goes around the world. Which then, yeah, it so. goes around 
Yeah. Right? There's so like, yeah, who like the you said, there's I some guy in Shanghai or something listening to these two guys going, God, these fucking dudes. Right? So yeah. who the fuck do I think I am? Right. Exactly. I mean, I hashtag sober artist, sober tattooer, mm-hmm. but I also hashtag that because I want other sober tattooers to see it or other sober artists. Right. Or people who are considering sobriety who are going through the hashtags on Instagram to go, oh, look, this guy is not on fire. Like his life isn't a total shit show and he's still tattooing and doing art and stuff. You know, I've had people make that assumption that I don't no longer paint Mm -hmm. because I can't drink and smoke, which I painted for years after I got sober. I mean, I painted Mm -hmm. for the first three years of my sobriety. It's just like, like any flexing, any creative muscle, there needs to be a period of rest, even if it lasts a long time. Yeah. For me personally. Yeah. But it's, but I think in order to, I just, I want to be, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a fucking egotistical person, and I probably will, but I would like to be kind of an example as far as like, you can still make art. You can still write. You can still paint. Even if you're sober, you can still do it. You don't need the booze to help you do it, right? And I'm not a great artist, and I'm not fishing for compliments. I'm just saying like, I want to be the example of, of being functional with my art. Not my life, because my life is, it's good, but it's all, it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be, and it could be better in some aspects, which I'll work on, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be the example of recovery. I want to be the example of that you can still do some of these actions while in recovery, because I don't want to be the example of anything for, as far as recovery is concerned. Except, but once again, I'm on a fucking podcast being like, except that you're sober. Uncle Jerry did it. You, I am sober and I'm satisfied and I feel like comfortable and I feel content most of the time and I have, you know, my issues. You know, I always have to throw that caveat out there, but like, yeah, but I'm content for the most part. And you've done it and for I'm, like two thousand days in a row or something like that or whatever. Oh yeah, it is. two thousand days. I'm just you know, my, I'm, I'm just saying is that you say you don't want to be an example, but you continue to do it somehow and you're not like, right, and you're exactly. satisfied. Yeah. And I, yes, and I am. And I guess what I say is I don't want to be an example in the sense that I'm like, listen, I don't have the answers, you know, mm-hmm. so don't buy my shit. Like don't, don't, I'm not going to sell you my shit cause I don't have the answers. I have mm-hmm. my answers and my truth, but my truth isn't your truth. Mm-hmm. If you want to have some of my truth, that's fine. I'll give you a little bit, but do you really want it? Don't you want your own? I don't know. I'm talking myself in circles here, but no, I think it's only in the sense that I would hate Listen, man, I have people hit me up frequently about getting sober. You know, I mean, commonly. How about that? Not Mm -hmm. frequently. And I love it when they do it because I want to help. But I also get really fucking scared because I'm like, I don't want to fuck this up. And I have to sit down and remind myself, you can only do what you do. I can only tell them what worked for me. If they want to go to a meeting with me, me, I'll go. But I'm not going to beat down the door and be like, hey, come to a meeting with me. Because I've done that and people don't show. Because they get freaked out because that's a big fucking deal, you know? So now I leave the door open enough that I'm like, if you want me to go with you, I'll usually tell them. If you want me to, here's the schedule. If it's near me, mm-hmm. it's near me. What an asshole. Eh? <laughs> if it's right next to my house, I'll go with you. But that's not true. I'm like, if you want me to go with you, I'll go with you. But I, I mm-hmm. don't want to be in charge of your sobriety, right? Because right. mentally, there's this mental thing where I want to save people now. I want to be like, come take this path with me because it's working for me. And like, I see that you're miserable. You're obviously miserable because I'm a fucking stranger and you're hitting me up. So you're desperate and you're asking for help. You're coming out of the rain. Like, I want to help you. But at the same point, like, I don't, I don't want to fuck you up or do mm-hmm. it wrong or like leave you in the lurch or be responsible for your shit, you know? Like, and I don't know if I'm fucking up that way or if I'm not being a good, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. cause there's a lot of like self-centeredness involved in that. You know, mm-hmm. on my end where I'm like, ah, I want to help you, but I don't. These selfless people want to help. I love them. Like, I'm like, God fucking bless you because I'm not that selfless. Like, I get freaked out. I get scared more than anything. You know? mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit, I'm in charge of your shit now. I can barely be in charge of my shit. I got to go buy peppercorns. Do you? The, pe- the mill's out? I already bought some, oh, okay. but I mean, that shit like stressed me out today because I was like, I need to get peppercorns. And like, what? I'm going to tell you how to fucking not drink for the rest of your life, but I can't. You know, I get pissed off because I got to go get peppercorns in a rainstorm. Oh, damn, that's a wrap. You I should write, write that down, down, man. You need that peppercorns, peppercorns in the rainstorm. Um, you can even rap when you're sober. Yeah, I even do hip-hop music, which also blew me away because I haven't got on stage yet, but, you know. 
No. I don't know. There's a big pause there because no, I just I'm, thought I'm, about like just me walking on stage and immediately peeing my pants, mm-hmm. just peeing everywhere and being like, "Hey, I thought this is what all the cool rappers did, <laughs> right?" So <laughs> Every- I wanted to touch upon like dealing with people who reach out to you because I had an interesting. I have. I'd love to hear your insight on it. Well, too. and I'll I'll tell you. So I had somebody from my past um, call and leave a message at like almost two in the morning. I wasn't, uh-huh. my, my alarm was like, my phone was off. So I didn't get the, right. uh, I didn't get the You're message. On. Do not disturb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the next morning when I checked the message, uh, the person was audibly intoxicated mm-hmm. and was just saying, Hey, what's up? It's just, it's so-and-so and you know, Hey, I just wanted to see how you're doing and this, that, and the other and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, Oh man, they sound, they sound really drunk, but everything sounds fine. Maybe they were just sh- saying hi i haven't talked to this person in a while so <laughs> hey, you, you you fall off the wagon yet mm-hmm. hit me up when you fall <laughs> off the wagon so i wrote their name on my whiteboard like call this person uh-huh. and i it took me a couple days and i but i it was in the afternoon and i called them and i talked to them and they were they were telling me about how they were like wow you look like you i saw something on facebook and you lost a bunch of weight and how did you do it and i said well one i start i quit drinking and then i started running and i stopped eating french fries basically you know among many other things but so we were talking and i was like so i don't know he said yeah you know i've got a problem with alcohol um and i said well i i don't know what i can tell you but i can tell you what i did and we were having a conversation and i felt like and he and he was saying things like oh i had i've been to a bunch of aa meetings and i don't really think it's for me but i would love to listen to your podcast and I said, okay, cool. And I'll send you the links. And there was like a lull in the conversation. And I think I had some like food in front of me and then I was going to go do something. And I just mm-hmm. said, I said like, okay, well, I got to go. And um, I felt kind of bad. Like I had cut him off or something, but it just felt like, and then I sent him a text message with like a link to the podcast. And I said, hey man, if you ever want to talk again and you can call me tomorrow before I go to work at three, so on and so forth. And I didn't hear anything from the guy. So part of me is like feeling guilty because like I told him I had to go when maybe I didn't have to right at that moment. And I hope that I didn't cut them off. And now he's like, that fucking asshole doesn't have time for me or whatever. And that's probably not the case. I'm probably being way overcritical of, of yeah. that time on the phone. And right. I, but I would like love to know you got my text or not. And the person just hasn't, written me he's back. like listen to this podcast right now and he's like fucking john what an asshole he wasn't even eating dinner he just had to go he just had to go but no i, I mean who knows i wasn't there in that situation but i get it mm-hmm. like there's these weird feelings right this like weird res- do you feel responsible do you I feel do. responsible I, too or am i crazy no i do okay. so a part of me feels like okay well i have some and i well we, we feel responsible because it's in the fucking uh it's in the it's in the book you know <laughs> yeah dude you know the that's right you know may i be responsible for the ugh. yeah so so of course and i don't think i mean that's that's a scary thing for us because we know how difficult it it was to deal with our own responsibilities, let alone somebody else's life. I'm still fucking irresponsible. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like I have it together. I'm content, but I don't have it together. Like as far as the way I'd like it to be. And I know I'm irresponsible. Eating salsa with your shirt off. but <laughs> Right. I've only become responsible through fucking years of routine. Right. Now mm-hmm. we're talking about ritual. Ritual. Now this ritual aspect, right? Because everything to me now has become a routine and a ritual. And that's where responsibility came from. So maybe we need to approach these people hitting us up with I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know because like I said, I don't I don't want to be responsible for someone else. I want to help. Well, that's the, that's what I said you know. was here's how I did it. And so I then I overthinking it. Probably, probably. I, right. But that 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 I I then find myself making sure that I use the right words and I say this is what I did and this is how I did it and you know because part of me wants to be like look dude you need to go to a fucking meeting and put the beer down and mm-hmm. s- you need to snap out of it but that doesn't work right, and that that's didn't not really your job either that's dude. not my job and it didn't that wouldn't have worked for me so why the fuck would I think it would have worked for well, this person and my dad my dad told me something once when I was thinking about overthinking this again mm-hmm. too. 
And uh, he's like, nah, man. He's like, you're overthinking it. He's like, the most important thing at the end of the day is what you do. He's like, and all you got is your 24 hours. And you and I got the same 24 hours. Do you know what I mean? But what we do with it is that's what that's mm-hmm. what really helps you out in the end, you know? Because yeah. I was thinking about uh, someone close to me who had relapsed after a long period of time. And I, I think I've told this story before. And it just... It hurt me for them because that always hurts for me, you know, like I'm always like, fuck, you know, but it also, it's also doesn't hurt for me because I understand that, that you don't lose anything. If you relapse, you just go back to a previous behavior. It's just a very dangerous, very negative, very unhappy behavior. You're just falling back into that behavior again, right? Like with the dry drunk thing, you just Mm -hmm. fall back into the behavior. So I know, but it also makes me sad because I project myself into it and i think that's what scares me about the responsibility aspect of it is that i'm projecting myself into it like well what if someone let me down and then i'm like well fuck it's not up to them do you know what i'm saying like even Mm -hmm. when i had a sponsor it wasn't up to my sponsor to keep me sober you know it was up to my sponsor to show me how to work these steps and work with me it's not up to them to babysit me and call me and be like you're gonna come meet up with me you know like that's not their job only if you want to want to be yeah Mm -hmm. so I think, yeah. and, but I, I just, I, I love the idea of the ritualistic, um, aspect of tattooing of even the things that, that keep me sober, whether it be, yeah, there's a definite conscious thought going on there, you know? Absolutely. I wake up, I write, try to get some sort of exercise in there and do all mm-hmm. these things. Um, I have been trying the different, different meditation practices these days, yeah. I've been doing the Wim Hof breathing thing that I was telling Wim you Hof. about. <laughs> yeah. You sent me links. I haven't opened them yet. Yeah. Send me a link. I'm I won't skeptical. look at it. I will, yeah. I'm skeptical. Jerry I just, said me I don't a know link. when I'm going to find the time. Whatever. You know, I just, just listened to this podcast about this woman who spent a year in Mensa. That was way more important than fire breathing. How I was guess, it on my, for her? It was awful. You should, I'll, I'll send you a link. Don't listen <laughs> to it. I won't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Apparently, Mensa's like, a lot of people, no, I don't want it. To, from her perspective as a reporter, Mensa is very right wing, hmm. like kind of a little gross. Huh. But once again, any Mensa members out there, I'm sorry. I've never been to a Mensa meeting. I didn't pass. I never took the standardized test for it. I don't care, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But this Wim Hof dude, I'll check him out. Yeah. He's the dude's Song of Fire and Ice or something. Yeah, shit. basically, he wants you to take ice cold showers. No, see, already, I'm you're losing me here, man. <laughs> Um, but I, I, that's been a hugely important thing in for you, for right? me, not, not the cold showers, but rituals, ritual. right. but uh, I haven't got, I'm, I'll get there. The cold, I'm, I still like this, this morning I stared at the knob and while I was under the hot shower and I just looked at it and I thought about it for a little while and I was no, like, nope, not today. No, because you're not living your best life. <laughs> you're fucking up by not taking cold ass showers. I mean, I've done that shit where I've been in a hot tub. And then I uh-huh. get out, jump in the pool, and then yeah. jump back in the hot tub. I haven't done that. I mean, I haven't been near a pool hot tub combo sober yet, mm-hmm. but I did it a lot when I was drinking. Mm-hmm. I was like the hot tub king when I was drunk. But um, yeah, I got to do it sober now. I got to find like a hotel just that has a hot pool <clears> and a hot tub so I can do the back and forth, and then I'll be Wim Hofing it, dude. Wim Hofing it. Everybody I... Wang Chung, dude. That's <laughs> my dude, Wang Chung. <laughs> Wang Chung and Wim Hof. Everybody Wim Hof yeah. tonight. Yeah, just pool, hot tub, pool, hot tub, pool, hot tub, and then you ascend to the fucking cloud zone or whatever. <laughs> to the cloud atlas, yeah. The cloud atlas with Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, so, but serious, but in all seriousness, I didn't really like that movie. I tried to watch it. I, I mean, yeah, I, I fin- tried to watch it too, but I couldn't. I couldn't finish it. I think it came out. And I was still drinking. I think I watched it drunk and was like, "Fuck this noise!" I fell asleep three times to um, World War Z. Cause it came out when I was still drinking mm. and I, I, every time I'd watch it, I was shit faced and just would fucking tap out. Yeah. But Cloud Atlas, I think was another one, Ugh. but oh. the, I, I think rituals are super important. Now I'm going to, I'm going to steer this fucking wagon right back into the ruts. Mm-hmm. Not really, but uh, I have my ritual. Yours is real spiritual. A little bit. Find, it's getting you know more. What, man, I've, I've run this weird course with my mom and I realize I have way more in common with her than I ever did. I never noticed it, you know, more than I thought I did. And my mother, I remember one time I was with her on the ranch, and she had a, she has a shitload of animals. Mm-hmm. She's got these chickens and goats and fucking dogs and everything, cats and 
and she goes around every morning and she waters every plant in the yard out there before it gets too hot she gets up at like six and she's out there watering by seven or eight in the summer when the girls are out of school her granddaughters before it hits 100 degrees you know and she feeds all the animals and then while she's feeding the animals i'd walk with her and she would water every plant and i'd shoot the shit with her and vape and talk and vape and whatever and drink coffee and and gossip and talk mm-hmm. spanish and shit and then i was like damn this is like a lot of shit you have way too many fucking animals this is too much and my mom I, yeah i'm sitting this all like this giant pearl of wisdom but my mom said these animals this routine this is my higher power this is how i keep myself grounded to my higher power these animals depend on me and i depend on them and these plants depend on me and i depend on them so it's like my higher power and so i've noticed in the mornings when i get up you know i have my routines that i'll let the cat out of the room because the cat still has to sleep and shoe at night she's got to be in the solitary <laughs> housing unit she can't yeah. be in gen pop at night because her and the dog fight but now that her and the dog are both in gen pop now they can kick it together without trying to kill each other so i let the cat out and i make coffee and it's like part of this routine and so i'd like feed the animals i empty out the cat box and shit and like these animals depend on me now to feed them and it's like this weird part of my recovery almost like these two dumb innocent things like depend on me and i kind of depend on them you know i don't like them very much that's bullshit i love them both so much but (laughs) but like i'm totally the dog and i are like homies now i talk so much shit and the other day i was like you're cool but i think that that ritual i wouldn't be able to accomplish hungover not not the same way not drunk i would have forgotten them i would have those animals probably have fucking died you know who rescued who jerry Dude, in the arms of angels, dude. Maybe that's my recovery. It's just the next podcast, just accumulating more fucking animals. But so, so go on. So the rituals that are important to you it's that this, keep this this daily daily meditation, right? Not daily meditation is the wrong word. I'm trying to look for the word for it. I had a word for it earlier, but it was like not a reprieve either. But it's this daily uh, maintenance. Mm-hmm. It's ritual in of itself. You get up, you write in your book, you do your meditation, you work out. I get up, I feed the animals, I I work out and then i make breakfast you know i have olive out the door she's another animal i gotta feed and put out the door you know and <laughs> you know i get everybody ready get them out of the house and it's these this routine i've grown to really love because it i couldn't do it man i couldn't do it drunk i just could not do it in a blackout i could not do it hungover absolutely i'd be gagging or trying to shit my pants the entire time and, or still drunk you know so those are things that i that are really precious to me that's almost like and then at night, like I said, I lay down and I pray like every night. Mm-hmm. Do my little Jerry prayer, which I know now we're getting to the spiritual aspect of it. You know, I don't pray to no Christian God, which is whatever. I'm just trying to be funny. But um, yeah, it's, it's these things that we do, right? Yeah. And I that still. keep us here. I still. Think of your ritual while drinking because we had rituals while we drank too. My favorite glass. I had a favorite drinking glass. Pack the and I ice. A, a, uh-huh. And I had a brand of booze I drank, and I had a brand of cigarettes I smoked. And Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there was a definite ritual there. Your favorite shirt to go out with or... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go to yeah. your favorite liquor store. All those kinds All of, of things. All, All of them were all, my favorite. Yeah, right? Whichever one was around. But I was closest, mm-hmm. yeah. And open in Eugene, you know, in mm-hmm. Oregon, they close at like 8 o'clock. Yeah. And I still struggle with the rituals. Like sometimes, like you know, the meditation. I've tried different things and tried. Well, that's a bitch, man. You know, Can't and be then a bitch, yeah. or like if I don't get up and I was like, well, maybe I need to go running first, and then I'll go out and try to like do that first, and then I'll sit down and write in my book. But then one day I went out running and I did some other stuff, and I completely forgot to write in my journal until like almost the end of the night, and I was like, holy shit! Yeah, but like, right, what the fuck? It's f- oh, and it yeah. fr- freaked me out. And I was like, you don't ever forget that. How did you forget that? Well, hang right. on. We need to make sure that we don't forget this again because this is important. And so it was just, it was a good reminder of what's important, right? So yes. I I guess the whole, the whole idea I had for this episode and talking about things that are commodified versus the rituals that we do was that I try to keep it, I don't ever want to cheapen it, even though, you know, we're here talking about it and uh, there's there's a way for you to give us money to continue to do so. But I would never say that this is this is there's no fucking Washington Post paywall on this. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, this is what I think. <laughs> I feel like what we do is unconditional. We try to be as transparent as we possibly can. I do. Well, we are. Both of us are very transparent because we're just two normal dudes. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not trying. This is not. I don't, yeah, this is not my, 
I don't get any money. I get no money off this at all. I just show up every Monday, sometimes resentful, like, man, I could be fucking making dinner right now, playing video games, and farting in my couch, and partying mm -hmm. by myself. <laughs> I gotta go talk about alcoholism Ugh. for an hour. Ugh. But I enjoy it once a minute. I say this every podcast, mm -hmm. too. Well. I enjoy it once a minute. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, we, I don't, I feel like on our end, I would hope on our end that we're being as honest as we possibly can and not trying to fuck people over. No. Because those are not my intentions, no. at least. Or I'm not trying to get anything from no. any of you that are listening. I'm so flattered any of you even listen. You know, I'm amazed when John sends me emails or tells me. I sincerely am, too. I'm yeah. like, this is, blows me away. Yeah. When people say, oh, yeah, this is this, this, and bring something up, I'm like, wow. We at least one person listened. That's rad, you know? From fucking Ireland to Australia. Yeah. To, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, and you, I don't think that I don't feel like you're trying to sell me the my Jerry's don't do what I do program, you know? Like, yeah, don't do what I do program or like, hey, tattooing's irritating to me right now program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to advertise for work, too, right? Mm -hmm. To be really honest about how I feel about my career. Well, I, I'm just saying is what I saw in that post was this moment of genuine, like this earnest feeling of of it was there. It was absolutely joy, there. maybe it, even. For but a it was mixed with some commodification because I was like, "Look how cool I can do this tattoo. Come mm -hmm. get tattoos from me. I don't want to tattoo your face though because I don't like tattooing faces. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I never tattoo faces ever, ever, ever. I mm -hmm. only did it for him because we have like a bond, like we're homies, you know? Right. And I, it only the big reason I don't like doing it is because, on all honesty, I just don't like doing it. I have no problem with it aesthetically. I feel like this younger generation do get their faces tattooed now because that's kind of that final frontier of shock and awe as mm -hmm. far as tattooing is concerned. <clears throat> as a lot of the younger kids that come in actually that want to start getting really tattooed or really want to present themselves as a tattooed person, they always start with their hands and their fingers and they work backwards now instead wow. of all the way down, which is fine. You know, I, the, the fucking internet's out there. The internet's out there. There's nothing you can do now to fucking scare the normies. You know, you're only scaring boomers. You're not scaring my generation X ass. <laughs> Tattoo your goddamn face. I do not care. I'm not even mad at you for it. You don't have mm -hmm. to earn it. No. Fuck you. I don't care. That's 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 how I shock you. <laughs> fuck you. I don't. I don't want to. Fuck you. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I'm not shocked. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just I. I guess the best thing is to honestly be as be as true to yourself as you can. Right. And if you have something to say and you have some and you know, you have something of value that you can sell, whether it be your time, your energy, your thoughts, your words, then please. I mean, I think that everybody should be paid for their time and their effort and their energy Absolutely. adequately. I don't think that there's anybody, you know, giving shit away for free just because Oh, well, you're an artist, Jerry. You like drawing. Why don't you just draw this oh, yeah, for the exposure? Ex you know, the that exposure. <clears throat> I'll pay you one million exposure bucks. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Yeah. You so. know what, though? But to that extent, I feel like uh, I just feel like it's really fucked up to take advantage of vulnerable people. And I feel like a lot of people, if not all of them in recovery, are vulnerable to some extent. I feel like everybody's vulnerable, but I feel like people in recovery are more vulnerable. Yes. In their own way, you know? And so I feel like taking advantage of those people is really fucked up. It's like kicking a person when they're down, you know? So I don't fuck with that shit. I'll, I'll might buy your retired blackout artist t-shirt because I think it's funny as fuck, though. But mm -hmm. I'm definitely not going to Passages Malibu or whatever. <laughs> so, and I, I just, yeah, man. I mean, wear what you want. Be who you want. Share your sobriety how you want. Like, I don't think that either Jerry and I have any problem with really... Anything anybody wants to sell, t-shirts, jewelry, etc. But nah, it doesn't bug me. If some of it's corny, like you said, I'm like, yo, nice Monster Energy drink, bro. But, but then again, I drank those and I got sober. <laughs> exactly so, you know? right. But I'm in no place to judge, you know. I guess it. You know, I still do, but mm -hmm, but I have you know, no place I do it internally, real deep in my head. Mm -hmm. I do it. Yeah, so back in the the resentment factory somewhere back right. there. Right, the it's more a fashion faux pas than anything right. else. I'm just like, yo, that shirt does not match them pants, dog. You look mm -hmm. ridiculous. Right. So I, I guess, and it's intention because I've met people who do these things and people are excited to share. And it's, it's more, again, you and I came through this, this, this program where it's like, don't really talk about it, man. Keep it, 
to yourself, attraction rather than promotion. And then so right. it kind of rubs us the wrong way when somebody's promoting something and then somebody's promoting it because they're it's it's they're saying, hey, I want to share this with the world that I'm proud of this. And this is something that's really important to me and it's saved my life. And why shouldn't I? And if you want to know where I got this shirt, you should go talk to my friend fucking Tony and uh, or whoever. You know what I mean? And so like that's fine too. And there's a whole bunch of people out there who are probably digging that shit. And, you know, we're probably going to look back on this, um, this episode in like a year when we have our t-shirts for sale (laughs) (laughs) and go, uh, we should probably take that one down, huh? Right. So I guess they'll just make t-shirts. Just say, this is my spaghetti eating shirt. This is, or like the Fugazi shirts, this is not an A's for alcoholic shirt. Like shirt, yeah. yeah. That's pretty funny. Actually. It's my spaghetti eating shirt and just make it all stained. This is my salsa shirt. <laughs> and it's white. So, um, eating salsa sober. So I, I guess it just was something that that struck me and I just wanted to talk to you about it. Which is yeah, what no, we do. it was actually this. We we fucking squoze some. We squoze some juice from this stone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like really curious what we were gonna squeeze from it. We got something out of it. I do I have, mean, yeah, I do have one other thing I wanted to share with you. The story this last week. Um, and I I'm in a bit of a. I've heard from both sides, and I'm in a bit of a moral quandary here. Mm-hmm. Not that I can. Well, I guess I can. I could probably fix it if I needed to. But um, so I was doing a little bit of shopping. Uh, I don't have a lot of money, but I needed to get some new clothes because I don't fit into all the stuff. There's my humble brag for the day. Um, you know, a lot of my clothes are big, <laughs> <clears throat> right? But I've also been cheap and haven't bought a lot of new shit. So I'm going to the thrift store, yeah. and I'm going through Goodwill, and it's kind of cold here. So I wanted to get a sweater. So I'm flipping through the sweaters, and I. I get this, I find this brown sweater looks pretty cool. And I'm like, oh, what's this hoodie? And I pull this hoodie off the rack. And in the pocket of the hoodie is $8. And I go, fucking nice. A, man, eight bucks. Boom, it's going, my pocket's going to pay for this uh, this sweater that I got and this the book. sweater just paid for itself. Exactly. So then I talked to one person about this and they were like, you didn't give the $8 to the Goodwill? And I was like, and I talked to somebody else and they're like, score, man, eight bucks is yours. So uh-huh. should I have given the $8 to the Goodwill? Because, like, shouldn't the person who was going through the clothes at the Goodwill have checked the pockets? Right. Before it yeah. went on the rack? Mm-hmm. That's your $8. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I gave it back to if them. If you feel that bad about it. <laughs> they give it back? Take eight of your own dollars and buy something additionally, and then you'll have returned the $8 in good faith. Right. No. Yeah, take eight more dollars and go buy a nice short sleeve shirt or something. Yeah, I don't feel and too there. bad about it, but it was just yeah, like because I, I rarely, I rarely, <laughs> yeah, I rarely find money. So I was like, like literally, yeah, it's like eight dollars in a pocket. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, to the victor goes the spoils, right? Right. Yeah. Which is funny because then I went to the next place and I had a couple of old Western shirts that I bought at your wedding in two thousand and nine, which don't uh-huh. fit me at all, and I ended up right. trading them in for another shirt that I wanted. And I would definitely check the pockets of my my shirts to make sure there wasn't any fucking money yeah, from 2009. Yeah, you learned a lesson from that other person's folly of eight dollars. <clears throat> so I mean, I can see the point where someone's like, "Oh, you should have returned it," but I'd be like, "Nah, fuck you, no. I love you, but fuck you, whoever you are." Mm-hmm. No, not fuck you to that person. I'm saying this is my imaginary conversation. I don't need to explain comedy. Yeah, hypothetically, I don't need to explain comedy. I got gold. I'm fine. You're great. You don't. Yeah, I would have kept that eight dollars absolutely. Yeah, so I did. Yeah. I need to get some more Western shirts, by the way. Now that you brought it up, because none of mine fit either, and I've taken them in so many times, I've sewed them up so many times that I'm like, this shit is falling apart. Well, that double XL Guayabera that you that we wore at your wedding, like I still I still have that. I still have mine too. But what do I do with my fat guy cool? It's a cool Guayabera, but what do I do with my fat guy Guayabera? It's huge on me. It doesn't. What do I do with that? I don't know. I I have a large. I don't even know what to do with that. Okay. I, I guess I could take it in, but then I'm like... You're going to spend $30 to get it tailored? Yeah, get my French silk wedding <laughs> shirt, whatever. So I think that... I'll just keep it, give it to Olive's husband or wife or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. You should get married in this. <laughs> Is that get what married in this. <laughs> young man or young woman or young them. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um... I don't. So I, I just, I wanted, I just, good conversation, commodity. Don't, yeah. don't 
don't over commoditize commodify your rituals commodify right commodify commoditize keep your eyes open for <laughs> our new merch shop coming up right we'll be <laughs> <laughs> lots of enamel pins and uh we're selling some a's for alcoholic flasks they're for water water you. yes hydro flask that's so gross. I felt gross saying that. Yeah. Yeah, hydro flask. That's better. Yeah. I think it's funny that they use the word flask for a water bottle, too. They have, you know. Well, isn't a water bottle is a flask, though? Someone asked me if this was a hydro flask. Nobody can see it. Mm. But I'm showing it to you on camera. But I, I got it for my birthday. So they're like, oh, trendy. I'm like, no, I just like lots of water. Yeah, hydration is trendy. Is, is it trendy to stay hydrated, sir? <laughs> well, mm. put a face tattoo on me and platform heels. Mm -hmm. I'm out the door. There you go. There you have it. Well, thank you guys All for right. listening. Jerry, thanks again for talking. Yeah, man. We'll do this again next week. Please, um, if you have any questions, comments, give us a give us a shout out. Say hello. Write us. Word. Where you, yeah. especially you international people, I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>